This week's Not Your Grandma's Cancer Show is sponsored by the Massage Centre. The Massage Centre specialises in deep tissue and sports massage. It is located in London near Turnham Green Tube Station. To book your appointment, call 0208 166 8958. Wait a second. This isn't your grandma's cancer show. Not your grandma's cancer show. Hi, and welcome to Not Your Grandma's Cancer Show. I'm Tatum Durock, and this episode is all about dating. So whether you're thinking about getting out there or are currently in the mood for some fun and romance or are looking forward to the end of your current relationship, this is the show for you. We've got some great guests who I met at the Shine Great Escape Weekend. They're awesome and they're going to be telling us about their experiences and they understand that it's a whole different world out there dating after a cancer diagnosis. And later in the show, we'll, of course, be tackling the big question, the number one question that comes up about this. When do you tell? Um, We've got Robin Taylor in the studio. He's going to be telling us what it's like to um, be single after treatment. But right now we have Jessica Murphy, who um, I've called her a dating aficionado (laughs) after hearing some of her stories. Um, And she's not only been sharing her stories, but also encouraging others online. And um, thank you so much for being on the show, Jessica. My pleasure. (laughs) So what was... uh, What was happening in your life when you were diagnosed? So I was diagnosed with cancer in September last year. So it's been about nine months or so now. Um, I was working full time. I've got a really busy job in the civil service working for a central government department. I was in the process of splitting up with my ex-boyfriend who was moving overseas with the foreign office. So there was quite a lot going on in terms of big life changes for me. Um, and then I got hit with the old cancer. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and what kind of treatment did you... Um, so I've got a really rare type of non-Hodgkin lymphoma called Waldenstrom's macroglobulinemia, which took me several months to learn how to say and spell. Um, it is uh, a cancer that typically affects men over the age of 65, and I'm, I was 36 when I was diagnosed, so go figure. Um, in terms of treatment, initially they said watch and wait, But because I've got quite a complicated um, health history anyway, I've got rheumatoid arthritis, ulcerative colitis and fibromyalgia, uh, it soon became apparent that I was suffering from much more severe symptoms than they would normally expect at my level. So um, I had emergency fertility treatment, which was interesting, not least having to decide whether or not to use a sperm donor within 24 hours. And um, following that, I've had two full courses of rituximab, which is monoclonal antibody therapy. And now I'm on maintenance therapy for two years. So what that means in practical terms is that I've got nine embryos in the freezer uh, in Chelsea, which is the only time I'm ever going to reside there. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I've also got three years before I can become pregnant. So I'm currently single, looking for a husband. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the rest is history. <laughs> and so what was it like? So you were in a relationship, you mentioned, that ended yeah. right around that time, which yeah. must have been a really tumultuous time <laughs> for you. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a very strange situation because we're, we're still best friends and we talk all the time and we decided that we were going to split up at the end of September anyway which is when he moved overseas so I'm lucky in a way that it wasn't unpredicted I had time to prepare for it and I'd right. actually done a lot of the emotional preparation before I was diagnosed with cancer but obviously that's pretty unexpected so it definitely made it more difficult. And how long after um, being diagnosed would you say you went out on your first 
date? Oh, when did I go out on my first date? Well, I made a conscious decision not to do any dating for a while, just to sort my head out. To get the fertility preservation was difficult, and um, lots of things changed in my life, and, and, and I'd stopped going to work because I was too ill. So I kind of gave myself a hall pass for quite a few months. I think I finally started dating properly again in about February, so quite quickly afterwards. But that's because, as I said, I, I know what I want, and that's to get married and have a family. Um, but it was very important for me to wait until I was ready emotionally. Yeah. That was really key, and that's one of the key messages that I would say to other people. You've got to be emotionally ready to do it. Because that's the thing about dating is that, um, I mean, you know, there's the age-old expression about kissing a lot of frogs. But, <laughs> you know, you're really putting yourself out there, yeah. and that's tough it is. when you're feeling good about your life, when you're feeling good about your career, yeah. when you feel, you know, fine about your health. But, you know, it's something really different when those things start to... You know, you're in a time of a lot of stuff has changed. And Mm -hmm. so you're not quite sure who you are. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of, you know, whether it be, you know, physically on the outside or internally, um, it's a time of really big upheaval. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would say that I've always been clear and anyone who knows me will attest to this. (laughs) I've always been very clear of who I am. I think what I found difficult was the new realm of uncertainty that I now faced because my cancer's incurable. I'll have it for the rest of my life and it could get worse at any given point. Tomorrow could be that day. Who knows? So I'm used to living with uncertainty because my other immune diseases have given me that. But cancer is a kind of whole nother ballgame, really. Um, In terms of putting yourself out there that's why I stress you have to be ready to do it because you're basically putting yourself out on a plate ready for people to ignore and that can be tough and I am a very emotionally resilient person and I find it difficult at times but I have different strategies to cope with that. I was just about to (laughs) ask you about those yeah so what do you do? What do I do? So um There's the kind of logistical side, which is making sure you've got a great profile. And I've literally been doing this for years. So (laughs) mine is tried and tested. I've had friends look over it and, you know, review the photos that I'm going to put up, things like that. So that's the sort of logistical bit. Um, There is the, the treating it like a job part. You've got to devote time to it. So many girls I know say oh, well, you know, I want to be asked out. And I just think that is, if you're going to wait for that, you'll be waiting for a long time. <laughs> but then that is me. That's my personality. So I I treat it like a job when I do it. I do it in stints. So, you know, I'll spend a week uh, going through profiles, firing off loads of messages to people. But my golden rule is once I've sent the message, then I just forget about it. I try to forget about it. <laughs> because most people don't reply and all that means is that you're not right for them it's not a reflection on yourself at all because obviously you're awesome right and you've just got to keep that in mind and if they do reply my next tactic is to cut all of the flannel out and just ask them out for a drink straight away because I've been I've wasted a lot of time in the past fannying around, going back and forth, having the most amazing, deep and meaningful conversations (laughs) over email. And then you meet up and immediately you're like, "Uh, don't fancy you. (laughs) So, you know, treat it like a job. Use the same judgment you use every day in other areas of your life. Um, Pacing yourself is another key point because... Chronic fatigue goes hand in hand with cancer, whether you're, you know, just been diagnosed, whether you're going through treatment, whether you're fully in remission or you've got a chronic cancer like me. Pacing yourself is absolutely critical, both in terms of the time you spend um, going through the profiles and in terms of going on the dates. I was going to ask about that. I mean, have you found yourself like ever on a date and, you know, they kind of expect 
certain things like you know, <laughs> well, we're not talking we're not getting to that just yet um but you know like they might expect that you can you know take a long walk or do something energetic and of course when you're you know um mm. when you've got like various different health things going on you're not always necessarily up for that so yeah. has that ever happened to you uh it has happened for me um it doesn't happen to me anymore <laughs> Um, basically the advantage of you kind of making the first move as well is that you can say let's do this and even if you do get approached by somebody you can say let's meet for a drink so normally I'll either go for a coffee or a drink doesn't have to be alcoholic um, because again that can play into what treatment you're having and your energy levels and what medication you're on etc etc so I say let's go for a drink we meet up and then as soon as we get to the venue I'll say we need to sit down let's find somewhere to sit and if there isn't anywhere to sit then I'll just say something innocuous like oh you know I've got a bad back or I've got bad knees I need to sit down and nine times out of ten people don't question that and if they do then um, you know that starts a different conversation (laughs) (laughs) which to use a frame um, a phrase that I've seen you write before uh, a d-bag filter Mm -hmm. yes Yeah, so I've talked to some people on Facebook about this and my philosophy is if people aren't cool about it, if they insist on standing up or going for a walk when you've said that you don't want to do that, then they're a douchebag anyway and aren't worth your time. (laughs) And and that's my philosophy on all things cancer and dating. At the end of the day, and I'm sure we'll get onto this in more detail later, but if people can't handle the fact you've got cancer, then they're not worth your time. I see. I I'm in so much admiration. <laughs> um, like I'm you single. Have... It's not that good a philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just, you are you, you know what you want, and like you said, you know who you are, and and I know for myself, I was single for a period of time afterwards. And I fell into completely the opposite categories of feeling broken, feeling damaged, feeling that it might not be fair to bring somebody into Mm. it. And as I was doing research for the show today, that concept of fairness Mm. comes up again and again in, in these different in these different things. Like, is it fair to bring somebody else in when I'm uncertain? And, you know, I think it's lovely and refreshing to hear, you know, the opposite of that as well. I mean, I think that, you know, um, when it comes to things like this, you have you have to start with where you are, and if you're feeling something, mm-hmm. that's what you're feeling. Yeah. Um, but I think that you know, hearing like we do with any other kind of dating, we have a bunch of different friends, mm. and they all do different things. And you know, I think that that's what's important when it comes to like dating after cancer is everyone does this a bit differently. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Self worth. Um, you mentioned just then. I think if all of the things you mentioned about feeling damaged, broken, um, not confident, et cetera, et cetera, I would maybe say if you, if that's how you're feeling, then you probably aren't emotionally ready to do it because there is definitely a risk if you are putting yourself out there and that is your mindset, then any rejection you do face, which is inevitable with internet dating, um, it, you're going to feel it a lot more and take it more personally, which could then cause more damage. Um, in terms of fairness, that's just something I feel really strongly about. And with all due respect, Tatum makes absolute <laughs> rubbish. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> because, I mean, I've I've lived with rheumatoid arthritis for nearly 20 years, which is a really horrible disease and that has made me the person that I am today I know that I'm a much kinder person I'm much more patient I'm a nicer person because of it and that's what my friends tell me that's not just me blowing smoke (laughs) up myself (laughs) but um, I've got a lot more to offer a partner because of those qualities and I think cancer is exactly the same you've learned so much about yourself because of cancer and everything you've been through and frankly anybody will be lucky to be with you and that's just my total attitude and again if they can't handle it then they're a douchebag anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love that. And I think it, you know, that's one of the things that like when I look at you and when I look at some of the other women that I've I've heard say 
say things like that. I'm like, you're gorgeous. You're fabulous. You're fun. You're intelligent. You're, you know, kind. You're generous, you know. And I would never think it mm. for anybody else. Yeah. But but we, we do. We put a lot of judgment on ourselves sometimes. Yeah. And... Yeah. Yeah. What I say to people when that comes up is, why are you making that decision for somebody else? Because there could be an amazing person out there who is totally waiting to meet you, but why are you deselecting yourself from that process? That's their decision. It's not your decision if they want to date you. And if they don't want to date you, then it's their loss anyway. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't deselect for them. Yeah. Thank you, Jessica. Will you stay around and and chat with um, me and Robin? We're going to be talking about the big question that you'll notice we haven't mentioned yet (laughs) about what to tell and when to tell. Absolutely. Um, That's coming up later in the show. Um, Right now, we're going to have Robin join us. Delighted to have Robin Taylor in the studio with me. Um, Robin, how, how are you doing? Yeah, very good, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. Um, so, when when were you diagnosed? Um, December 2014. And were you in a relationship when I, that happened? Yes, I was. Yeah. Yeah. And it was kind of, you know, it was a bit of a shock, I mean, obviously to everybody. Um, but I think, you know, relationships change a little bit over time and uh, you have to adjust and just get on with it I mean it was kind of for me um, the whole process was very quick and I was straight into chemo and you know I was just sort of in hospital for sort of six months really and uh, so you know everybody around me is just sort of getting on with things and you know you just sort of just just get on with life and just trying to deal with the, the problem as it is as it comes really so and can you tell me a little bit about your diagnosis yep so it was um, a, a Burkitt's lymphoma which is a high-grade fast-growing um, lymphoma <laughs> um, but yeah it was kind of quite they didn't really know what it was to start with it was just a lump um, I didn't have any sort of other signs or anything um, they did a biopsy um, and then when the results came back I was called straight into hospital um, because it was sort of starting to constrict my bowels and there was going to be potential complications. But good news is that, you know, the chemo solved it, essentially. I'm still being monitored and so on. Um, But yeah, no, I mean, it was quite... They were able to treat it, essentially, and it just sort of is kind of, touch wood, is gone now, so... Mm -hmm. And what what were you, what was going on in your life? So I know so you were in your relationship. Like what was yeah, happening with so, like work and yeah. So I mean I was sort of in a lucky situation that you know work. You know the guys I was working with just supported me, so they were paying me still. Obviously, I was living. I mean you know living together with a partner at the time, um, and uh, yeah. So I was kind of that pressure was taken off me and I was just sort of really concentrating on recovering so I was in a sort of really lucky position um in that respect um so yeah yeah so how how long ago did you and your partner separate um February yeah so okay. it's not that long um but uh we we just realized that you know especially in my new world of wanting to achieve as much as I can and get on with stuff and just like you know try and enjoy life <laughs> Um, I think it was kind of difficult for her to um, to deal with, and she had different plans, different agendas. And I think you know we sort of realised that you know, although we got on with each other, had, you know everything was fine. You know the long term and ambitions and goals were just completely different, and you know our outlook on life, if not before, I mean it definitely was now <laughs> very different. Yeah, so. well, that, I mean that's the thing is cancer can really change the the rhythm of a relationship and. You know, as you go through like a process when one of you isn't well, it changes its rhythm. And then as that person starts to, um, you know, be in that situation for longer or start to get better, like it it can change again. So it sounds like then you were talking about your goals that you 
that you have kind of a bit of a, it sounds a bit like a sort of seizing the moment kind of yeah I suppose feel so. to it. Yeah, I suppose I'm trying to just get you know, I mean I've always been fairly optimistic and proactive, but I just sort of it's like a million things I want to do with life. Um, you know, and I might as well get them done. <laughs> There's no point in just procrastinating. <laughs> what are some of those things? Um I I, I now and since diagnosis I now run a business. Um I'm uh, so I'm technically self employed. Which I, I quite enjoy my job, so it's good. It's nice and easy to do. It's stressful, but you know, fun. Um, yeah, a bit more travelling, I suppose. And you know, I do want to settle down, get married, and have kids. You know, I'm getting old now, so I kind of want to at some point. <laughs> but, <laughs> so you, you mentioned that. I mean, you, you don't look old at all. So I'm how old? Are you? Thirty-four. Oh, ancient, ancient. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so. Um, so you had mentioned that you had um, you had tried um, speed dating. Jessica had been chatting um, quite a bit about online dating. Yeah. How how was the speed dating experience? Well, I think coming up to it, I was not sure how it was going to go, what it was going to be like. I kind of had this vision of um, as I was, you know, something I've never done before. I, I just thought, again, you know, why not try it? Get on a bit. Um, I did invite a couple of mates, but they bottled out, so it was just <laughs> me on my own. Um, and I was expecting kind of like a line of chairs sitting facing one another, very formal and, you know, questions and, you know, like, oh, here's my list of questions. I'm going to ask those questions. It's like, like an interview sort of process. Um, but in reality, it was a little bit more informal. It was in the, the, the cellar rooms in Birmingham and um, there were kind of sort of alcoves and there was like two girls sat in an alcove. And there was 15 boys and girls. Um, and you're numbered and you sit with your corresponding number and then you move around one and then you move around between the alcoves and I find it I mean I don't I'm not I always think of myself as shy but I suppose I've as I've got older I've I'm a bit more confident in myself and myself you know a bit more comfortable with my skin I guess um so it was quite easy I was just having a chat with people I didn't have any prepared questions although a couple of them did ask me some really prepared questions which I deflected as as you would um but, you know, it was kind of just fun having a chat with people. I mean, mm-hmm. the thing I did find is I think a lot. Of, there was a few girls that definitely were just there for a bit of a laugh, you know, and I don't think they were into really dating. And, and there was one at least who I'm sure was not single. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. so, yeah, you know, it gave me a completely different opinion of women, I'm afraid. Ooh. <laughs> do we need to no, do something right. to change that? <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, it's fine. And and they were getting drunk as well, which uh, made it a bit more funny. Um, you know, it was a good, good, it was a good fun, have, it was good, nice to meet people and have a chat, you know, right. which I enjoy. I'm a bit of a people watcher. So it's kind of fun, the sort of dynamics and the kind of interesting. Do you think that how you feel about yourself or your self-esteem has has changed? Like, do you th- do you think that like dating now or th- or being in that situation is different than how it was before? Yeah, I, I think it's funny. I was looking through some photos recently. Um, obviously, when you're online dating, you have to have pick through all your photos, and I've got lots of most of my photos of me drunk somewhere because it's just the only time people take photos of me, and I don't really take photos of myself often. So I'm like flicking through these pictures, and I think. I just I do feel more and I appear more confident, and it doesn't say it doesn't make any sense, but I do feel I think it's more that I care less. Okay. <laughs> it's like it's like what's the worst could happen, you know? Um, so uh, yeah, I'm probably a bit more bolshy than I used to be in that respect. Because you know, yeah, I can't say why really, but I suppose there's obvious obvious reasons. So, I mean, I think that that's, you know, kind of like when I was talking to Jessica earlier, I like, I think that that's, that's some of the things that can be clarified as a result of mm. going through this kind of like, yeah. what do I want? Um, you know, maybe not taking things as personally and kind of like, yeah, putting myself, you know, putting yourself out there, yeah. um, which is not easy for everyone. I mean, yeah. I think a lot of people kind of feel a little bit more like rejection could hurt even more afterwards. Yeah. Um, so it's really lovely to hear like a different I think different I've, take. I've tended to be in very long, steady relationships. I'm a bit... I'm not going to say lazy, but, 
you know, I, I settle down quite easily, if that makes sense. Um, and I'm terrible at chatting to girls in bars because I just, I feel like if a girl came and walked, you know, and I'm chatting with my mates and a girl walked over to me, I'd be like, what do you want? Sort of thing. So I, that's the, the impression. So if I go and walk to talk to one of them, I'm like, oh no, she's not, she's having fun, Look, leave, leave her to it, sort of thing. Um, so yeah, I'm terrible at that. And I thought, you know, a lot of the sort of, online dating apps and all that sort of work around when I was back in my, you know, several years ago dating properly um, in my 20s. And um, so I thought, oh, you know, it'll open up the odds a little bit, make it a bit easier. But I think in reality, it's probably made it more complicated because you're judging people really quickly, you know, right. based on photos and you're not, you know, and I know for sure that I probably aren't, the, I'm not the same person in real life than I am on my photos. So... I think you end up getting, it probably makes, you know, there's lots of nuances. You're kind of, you're, you're trying to pre-guess, you're sort of guess, guessing the character of a person based yes. on their sort of, you know, and also they've written profiles based on what they want people to think of them, not necessarily <laughs> what they actually like. I know so. for myself when I was scrolling through profiles, um, there were those, there were things that like if you met someone and they had like really nice eyes, then you wouldn't judge you know, like, why did they wear that top? You know, you wouldn't judge, <laughs> you know, um, that hairstyle or whatever because there would be something else about them. But when you're just looking at these two-dimensional flat images yeah. coming across, you do find yourself getting quite judgy. And I was like, oh, yeah. no. <laughs> I mean, again, generally, I'm fairly, you know, I think for me, I think personality and getting on with somebody is important, especially if you want a proper relationship. You know, it's all very well being attracted to somebody, which is important. But I think there's a lot more to relationships than that. You know, you need to be able to get on with them and have the same interests. And, you know, the modern world seems so quick and you know, instant that you just don't, you can't get that impression from somebody. So, yeah, to be able to, um, to do that and then present yourself in a way that can be assessed in 30, you know, a split second. <laughs> it's just like, it's a minefield. And actually, it really has not done my ego much good. Because <laughs> <laughs> the statistics are terrible. You know, I think you probably have to, you know, you have to find, you have to sort of find 100 girls uh, to get probably a, a date or something. Whereas in real life, I think if I spoke to 20 girls in a bar, probably a couple of them would be interested in following up. You know, and I think it's because that's so quick and it's so easy to discount people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it, it does. It does reduce the odds. Uh, well, I mean, that's you know the needle in the haystack, really, of finding someone. You know, I mean, that's the thing is already like finding someone that you like, they like you, and then all the other compatible things, geography to yeah, okay. you yeah. know personality yeah. to friends, family, all of those things, like having that all start to fall into place. So um, we were chatting there about um, about um, th that scouring, the finding. And of course, the next step is, is what to tell and when to tell. And we're going to be discussing that with Jessica. We're going to have her back in the studio with us. And um, yeah, we'll be uh, talking about the ins and outs of that. with Robin and Jessica and we're going to be chatting about what to tell, how to tell and also how to maybe prepare yourself for mm. your reaction to their reaction to your reaction about cancer. Um, so <laughs> Jessica, starting with you, um, do you have a formula of when you tell somebody? Um, I have a formula in as much as I don't have a formula, okay. <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> Um, my dating life since cancer hasn't been that long. I would say I've probably been on, since February, maybe 10 or 15 dates, which is quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but only one of those has progressed uh, enough for me to stop all conversation with the cancer card. Um, but I... 
but I, what I do have is a very long history, as I was saying earlier, of other chronic illnesses. So it's exactly the same formula, and that is whenever it feels right. So talking about my pre-cancer days, um, my last relationship, the one I talked about earlier, was uh, three years long, and we talked all about my arthritis on our first date. Um, it, it started off, as I said earlier, with me saying, oh, I've got a dodgy back, I need to sit down. And he asked why. And I said, well, actually, <laughs> you're not going to expect this. But and um, we had a really interesting, far reaching conversation about it and everything that I'd learned from it. And that was great. And that happens with friends as well. Sometimes it just comes up. And I've tried to take the same approach to cancer, although what you are also contesting with is the baggage that other people have about cancer, which, of course, you don't know. Mm -hmm. um, so when I have done this recently, I was seeing a lovely guy for about um, four, four or six weeks. And I think it was our fourth date when I told him and we were starting, we were spending a lot of time together and we got on brilliantly and we really liked each other. But I felt a bit guilty, like I was holding back this huge part of my life. So I just said to him, there's something that I want to tell you. And um, I'd already told him that I had um, all of my other immune diseases. And he was like, yeah, whatever about that. And his reaction was amazing and he just gave me a massive hug and he said, I feel a lot closer to you um, because you've told me that. And, I, and that was just the best reaction yeah. ever. And then he <laughs> told me something really personal about himself as well, which he'd been sort of thinking about and wondering when to bring up. But when when you open up to people, they open up to you. That's sort of how human relationships work. So I do think honesty is the best policy but it's probably not one for the first date. But if the conversation goes there and you feel comfortable, then go for it. Yeah, because there's that whole thing about vulnerability yeah. as being really connecting. And also, yeah, it, 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 can, it can go the other direction and someone could yeah. get I, up and, and I, go. I had a date recently where... We were just chatting about various things, and uh, I said, "Oh, you know, things I've got, you know, a million things I want to do." And she's like, uh, "You know," and I think I said, "As I've got older," and she's like, "Oh, you know, there's a reason why, you know, you've become more, you know, adventurous mm. or whatever." And I was like, "Actually, yeah." <laughs> and I just had, you know, I had this like really deep conversation. And the thing is, like, you know, I was almost welling up in my own skin as I was talking to her, <laughs> and like, I mean, it was kind of, you know, was, when we had, I got on with her quite well actually, but. I haven't heard from her since. <laughs> so, I don't know whether it's just too much. I mean, she was studying a law degree and all this stuff, and yeah, she got quite a lot going on in her life. And I guess possibly that was yeah, a bit too much to <laughs> land her with on that first day. So she reacted um, well in the moment. Yeah, but... exactly. And, you know, well, she wasn't going to go, oh, and walk off, was she? <laughs> Is that you know? the time? <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, it was kind of... I, I have to be for that reason, you know, I mean, I say I've only been a, a few days. I'm probably not as fussy as <laughs> <laughs> But, um, you know, or maybe I'm more fussy, I don't know. Um, but no, I've been, um, you know, I've only been on a, a few dates. Um, and I, I've i been, the ones I've quite liked, I've been a bit careful to say. Um, you know, and I don't know why. I just think, you know, I don't know what I want to, I don't know what the reaction is going to be and, the problem is, you know, I could probably get away with not telling them because, you know, really the impact on my life is pretty, pretty small now, apart from, you know, a few scars and mm. weird bits of hair missing you know, <laughs> and um, obviously regular checkups and stuff. But, um, you know, yeah, so I could get away with not telling them. So I kind of I wonder whether it's, you know, mm. easier. It's an easy it's like a get out clause, you know. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I think you'd like to say it's important to be honest as well. And. Um, it's getting that comfort level. Um, and I suppose so if you've been seeing someone for a little bit and you haven't told them, and it becomes then a it, it well. you know then it it maybe mm. it sparks that you know. I mean, it depends. It's the elephant in the room. Yeah. yeah, it's the elephant in the room. And like you said, you can kind of sometimes feel it from somebody. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a really sometimes it's a really fine line, but it's that kind of where you're at. And mm. I guess the number one thing is to make sure that like you're in kind of a safe position mm-hmm. of telling. So you're not too far out on a limb. So, because mm. when I was thinking about it, um, I was thinking, you know, it's that moment where if you tell someone, it isn't putting out like the whole of who you are. Mm. And so therefore, like, you're a person around that. Um, but if you're looking for someone else to validate you, mm. which we often are yeah. in dating, yeah. <laughs> and then we kind of put ourselves out there and and it's not received, but it's kind of like you've put everything into it, um, then the, so the energy of that can be different. Yeah. Um, I, I completely know what you mean. I think that comes back to the motivation of why you're telling the person. And if you're telling them because you want their acceptance and their validation, then I would argue that that's probably not the right reason. Mm-hmm. If you're telling them because you feel like you've got a connection with them and you want to be more open with them, then that's and you're not expecting anything in return. But if they do react badly, then so be it then that's that is what it is but I think you're absolutely right it's that why are you telling them and what are you looking for what are you expecting and I'm a very open very direct person so you know if the conversation went that way on the first date then I I probably would talk about it although I'm slightly more reticent than my other health issues Um, just I think that's a time thing I'm not as used to having cancer but, you know, does it come up organically? If it does, then fine. But if it doesn't, that's also fine. Um, I've also got a mechanism to deal with uh, the situation that Robin was describing. Um, and that is that I never leave a date without knowing where I stand. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How do you do that? <laughs> well, again, this is just, you know, my approach and many of my friends would be or are horrified by this nation (laughs) but I always um I always ask at the end of the date so you know what what do you think uh and if I like them I say I really like you would love to see you again and if I don't like them then I say it's been nice seeing you but um I just don't feel like we've got that chemistry but good luck with everything else. And then everyone knows where they stand and everyone goes home. That's very good. I probably that tactic in job interviews. <laughs> but it is kind of like an interview, isn't it? Easy, You're yeah. basically interviewing each other yeah. and judging each other mm-hmm. in a short period of time. Yeah. So, yeah, treat it like a job, you see. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Well, that, interesting, that dynamic in the speed dating was quite interesting because you are, you, you've got four and a half minutes and you, know, yeah. you really are... It's fa- quick fire round, you know. You're yeah. Like, um, so, what do you do? What you know? What things are you interested in? Yeah. And you, you get into. You, you don't want to. I hate being boring and obvious, but you know, you, can't, you <laughs> do get restricted into the important questions. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, there was a couple of nurses I was talking to around the down the, the in the room, and they were talking about you know it was one of the, working in oncology ward, and I was just so wanted to say, but I was like, <laughs> literally four and a half minutes is not long enough. Yeah, no, no, I think that's pushing it. <laughs> I'm just imagining you in a speed dating going around at the end so, of four and a half think? minutes. Well, where are we? <laughs> Evaluation form, please. Yeah. But you know, you know, in my experience, my vast experience of dating, um, you know, as soon as you meet somebody in the first 10 seconds, in, in that's for me, you know, as soon as you lock eyes with somebody and you have that first conversation, if there's anything there or not. So yeah. I quite like the idea of speed dating because yeah. that would make my efficient ways even more efficient. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You only have to, like, get told up once. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I have a, a friend of mine who has not had cancer, but um, we were talking about this, um, and she just had a, a, a kind of a, a nice thought about it, which echoes what you just said. Um, the moment to tell being exactly the moment when you can imagine a future... And you think they can too. Mm. So that could be in one minute, that locking eyes, Mm. or it could be after 10 dates. But for some people, I mean, you know, talking about the the length of dates, um, you know, 
there is a thing of like needing to tell someone before before seeing the scars or mm. um you know um or missing body parts mm-hmm. um so kind of having to tell someone before you sleep with them which is tricky when you normally sleep with someone on the first date <laughs> 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 For <So>. certain people. <laughs> yeah. I don't kiss on the first date. So. <laughs> okay. You're just going to leave me out here hanging say, on I this one. Holding hands on the first date is too much for me, if I'm honest. <laughs> so, yeah, so this Each to their own, man. Each to their own. Normally for me, it's, it's um, about figuring out the next day if I want a date. I'll take care of that beforehand. But, yeah, these things, you know, they really personal from person to person yeah they are yeah. they are so as i was looking through um so shine um has a private closed group um which is great because we can get on there share stories no one else needs to see it or know and um i was looking through um at what some people had um written about this subject um one lady had met her fiance four days after she was diagnosed, <laughs> and um, she told him on the first date, and they're about to get married. Exactly. Um, and um, another was um, messaging a guy online. She she did a, a slightly different thing. She got into an epic eight hour online messaging session told him in the middle of that um, and they've been together ever since Um, someone else was um, you know she knew that she was um, incurable and um, told him um, she she didn't say when she told him but basically yeah you know, it happens. They've been together ever since. Um, and someone in Shine, nice. yeah, yeah <laughs> met somebody nice. else in Shine. <laughs> so therefore, the conversation about that. <laughs> nice and easy. You've, You've already got there. the badge, so exactly. it's fine. <laughs> um, and someone else said that they um, they uh, told them after they got to the point where they started messaging every day. Mm-hmm. So I think you know, talking about hope, like I think. There's a lot of people that can feel really discouraged, whether their scars are physical, whether their scars are invisible, um, you know, can feel, um, you know, that maybe dating isn't for them anymore. And I think it's it's really nice to to see, yeah, there is some hope out there yeah. and, and it can happen, at, you know, at any point in the process, you know, but it is, as always, that thing of finding finding that person mm. yeah which is i think it's the same for everybody mm-hmm. um, it's just i think yeah. i think i think the difference is for me is that you know we've got a renewed sense of what's important you know i think i mm-hmm. really realize what's important in my life and what things that you know because you just get rid of all the rubbish you know? yeah so i think yeah. it does it sort of it gives you a bit of direction and i think it means that you probably are a little bit fuss, more fussy now you know at least i am because I don't want to waste any more of my life. Not, I've enjoyed every moment of all my relationships. Right. But, you know, I just want to make sure the next one's the right one. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I totally agree with that. I, I've got a renew sen- renewed sense of dating purpose. And I don't know whether that's because of cancer or my age or a bit of both. <laughs> but now I'm trying to be absolutely ruthless. And if I don't see a future with somebody after, you know... A, a couple of weeks or a couple of months then you know I'm sort of on to the next uh, which is which is a good thing because it will mean hopefully I end up meeting the person that is right for me and you you both said that you were you were looking for someone to to settle down with and, yeah yeah oh interestingly I mean that adds another level of complexity because uh, you know it's one thing talking about cancer but then fertility becomes a really difficult topic yeah. you know i want i don't want kids um you know and i want the other person i meet to want kids mm. but you know it's not simple you know and do i have that conversation straight away i probably won't but i probably should and and where where are you with that um i have to admit i haven't i haven't i'm still what i need a test um okay. but you know it's like a I'm, I'm unlikely to be able to have kids in a normal way um but i do have you know, 
a bit of my future self banked. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, there is, there is options. Okay. But still, you know, it's a complicated topic. And it's like, you know, especially for a guy, you know, it sort of, mm. it sort of not devalues, but, you know, it just makes, you, you don't want to admit to it almost, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Oh, well, yeah, I'm, I, I don't really work anymore. Um, yeah. But, by the way, I do want kids. So, yeah, I haven't actually, um, you know, got around to having that conversation with anybody yet. But it is important, you know, and I, I think, you know, it is a, it's, it's a difficult topic. I think for anybody, just to imagine, you know, first or second date, you do want kids, don't you? You know, mm-hmm. you do want to get married. Like, they'll be running away straight away. But you know they? what? I've started to say those things <laughs> because, you know, I'm 37 and I want to get married and have children. Mm. And now I think it's because I just feel a lot more confident and self-assured in terms of what I want. And frankly, if I have a conversation with a guy on our first or our second date and I ask if they want to have children and they run a mile, then they're not that mature and probably aren't for me anyway. Mm. So, again, I'm just I just try to play it with a totally straight bat and see what happens. And if and if they can't handle that. Yeah, absolutely. And how um, do you feel like in terms of telling them about your um, fertility um, and, and and the fact that you have embryos. Yeah. Because that's, that's you know, you had to already pick a sperm donor. Yeah. Um, that, you know, it, that could lead to pretty big conversations. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I think the, the way I order it is, do they want marriage and children? Then if they do, then I tell them about the cancer. And then, you know, if everything else is going well, then it's the conversation about fertility. And for me, I had emergency fertility preservation because they thought they were going to treat me with chemotherapy straight away. And in the end, they haven't done that, which is a fantastic position for me to be in because now I've got that guaranteed uh, backup plan, as it were. Um, but that said, I can't try to have kids until I'm over 40. So the likelihood is I'll have fertility issues anyway because of my age. And if I do need chemo before then, then that increases my risk of infertility. But my, I, I honestly, hand on heart, think if somebody can't handle that, then they're not the right person for me. Um, because I've spoken to a lot of my friends, I've spoken to my ex-boyfriends about this, and, you know, everybody agrees that if they can't hack it, then they're not right for Jess Murphs. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Yes, the filter is in place. Mm. Yeah, and weeding people out. (laughs) So um, in terms of, like... um, looking after yourself as you're kind of dating like do you have like you know do you find it useful chatting on the website to other people that have been in a such a similar situation do you find that um you know because i think that sometimes talking to your regular friends about it they don't really get the complexity Mm -hmm. Mm. yeah i mean totally i mean i've had very short conversations with my mates um but, you know, our sort of relationships are about just having fun and having a laugh. And, you know, we tend not to dwell on much, you know, okay. as, as a group of friends. So we don't tend to talk about it in my group, my social group. But then I'm a bloke, so <laughs> it's pretty natural. <laughs> um, but, you know, the Shine group, is it, it is good because you can see, you know, and I, I try and get involved where I can. You know, but, it, you know, it is good to sort of talk to people, hear different people's viewpoints and talk to people who are, you know... They're going through the same situation, you know. It's it's a much easier conversation to have, and a much more relaxed, friendly, open conversation than, you know, burdening my mates with that stuff because they're the people just have fun with and just forget about it all. So (laughs) So it's normalising it as well. I mean, like even just chatting today, like Mm. right here, like yeah, it just seems like yeah, you know. Whereas sometimes, yeah, when you're at on your own at home you haven't spoken to anyone else about it mm. you know and you start to kind of go inwards and kind of feel like you know the things that we were talking about earlier about you know kind of like maybe it's not fair or you know kind of like your self-esteem is kind mm. of and I think yeah it's really nice to go yeah you know what like if you're feeling it like if you want to devote your energy to yourself 
that is brilliant and that is a valid choice and you do not need to go out dating. But if you want to Mm. and your self-esteem is holding you back, you know, because you haven't seen that reflected back that, yeah, lots of people do go out and meet someone and fall in love and get married at every stage in this process. Hmm. I think Jessica said before, you know, we're, we're pretty awesome people. Exactly. So, you know, who wouldn't want us? <laughs> but on, on, that, on that note, I love my Shine crew. They're awesome. And I talk to, um, I talk to them practically every day. Um, they get it with no explanation needed. And I'm very open with my girlfriends and boyfriends about pretty much everything and talk to them a lot too. But there's just an added level of understanding with the shine guys. Um, One thing I found with dating and cancer, I was talking earlier about pacing myself and, you know, treating it like a job, but also making sure that you're looking after your health. And this is the first time I've kind of been through the dating machine again. And I did overdo it and I did get quite ill. Um, Now, that always used to happen with my other immune diseases, but it's much more this time because my immune system's so much lower because of all of the super strong drugs I'm on now. And that's something that my friends without cancer sometimes struggle to understand. And they just think, well, why are you doing that? Why are you putting yourself through that? Whereas my friends with cancer get that you just sometimes have to do that to get where you want to be. And I I would say that's one of the biggest differences. Yeah. So it's that balance between kind of the goal of what you want and pacing Mm. of, yeah. Yeah. What your physical body you know, wants to be doing. Yeah. Well, thank you, both of you, for chatting about this today. I'd love to have you back on the show about another topic on another time and definitely want to hear how the dates go. <laughs> well, the good news is I've got one this evening. So. Oh, oh very nice. <laughs> Second okay. date. Second date. Yeah. Very good. Very Excellent. good. Some good news. <laughs> and we'd love to hear from you. So um, feel free to let us know how your dates are going. Um, you can contact us through the Shine Cancer Support page, shinecancersupport.org, or on Twitter, um, under NYGCS um, because our name was too long so we're down to our initials um, and big thank yous um, to everyone who helps make this show what it is our music was created by Lauren Crosty our logo designed by the lovely Lizzie Doe I can't say her name without saying lovely in front of it um, our shows are recorded at Radio Facilities and uh, produced by Shine Cancer Support and today's sponsor The Massage Centre Till next time, see you later.